You're listening to Jewish Matters with Rabbi Jonathan Feldman. Unveiling Genesis Part 8, and this is the second half of our presentation, an in-depth look at uh, why is our country, our homeland, called Israel if we are Jews? Where does the name Israel come from? What does it mean? And as it relates particularly to this week's Torah reading, to this week's Parsha, first note about our country being called Israel. In 1948, when the state was established, there was a debate in the cabinet, uh, which would form the future government, of what to name the country. It wasn't a given that the name would be Israel. What was the main candidate? The main candidate was for it to be called Judea. Why? Because for the last 2,000 years, we've been called Jews. In fact, going back to the Purim story, uh, Mordechai was called uh, Yehudi. And so... That was the first choice. Also, when Romans destroyed uh, our homeland, it was called Judea because most of the people were from the tribe of Judah after the exile of the Ten Lost Tribes. Uh, The question on that name was that uh, we would be called Judeans and how would the Arab population look at being called Judeans? Furthermore, most of the historical Judea was not going to be part of the modern state of Israel. Jerusalem was going to be internationalized. Uh, The Palestinian partition plan would give them most of it. Another candidate was Zion, Zion, uh, to call the country Zion. However, Zion is already a mountain in Jerusalem. And what would we be called? Would we be called Zionists? And if the inhabitants were called Zionists, what would... Uh, Zionists outside of Israel be called to distinguish them. So there was a brief um, suggestion to be called Eretz Israel, the land of Israel, which is the traditional uh, religious moniker given to the land. But finally it was decided that that was too unwieldy. Uh, the pronunciation would have been difficult for those who don't know Hebrew. And Israel was decided upon, but it was not enthusiastic. Uh, everyone kind of thought it was a little strange. And, uh, but they were 48 hours away from independence. They had to choose something, and they had a lot more business to do. As we will see providentially, uh, there couldn't have been a more appropriate name to call the country than Israel. Because even though we self-identify as Jews, uh, in the Torah itself, we are known as B'nai Yisrael, the children of Israel. And uh, literally the 12 tribes were the children of Israel, as Jacob will be renamed. And uh, in English, the term Israelites is used. Fortunately, today we're called Israelis, not Israelites. That would sound a little weird, too. But let's look at where the source of this comes from. What does the name Israel mean? Where did it emerge? And that's particularly in this week's Parsha that Jacob is renamed Israel. What is the context? The context is the story of Jacob wrestling with the angel. And the, the night before he's 
about to encounter his brother Esau for the first time in 20 years, he uh, brings his family across a river, seemingly for protection. He is alone, and it says a man struggles with him. And who is this man? According to the rabbis, this man is really an angel, the angel of Esau. And meaning that it was foreshadowing the next day's struggle, which would, might be a physical struggle. And we believe everything, everything physical has a spiritual dimension. What does an angel mean? An angel means a force, a, a spirit, an energy, a spiritual energy. So in, in essence, this was, in a sense, the soul or the... Uh, Jacob tells us also, uh, Abraham talked about guardian angels. Uh, so perhaps it's the guardian angel of Esau or the spiritual dimension of Esau. Uh, the Malbim, a 19th century commentary, gives a very interesting explanation. That Jacob, in a sense, was wrestling with himself, with his alter ego, so to speak. There's a uh, Star Trek episode. Uh, which is called uh, The Enemy Within, where Captain Kirk beams down to a planet, and when he's beamed down, two Kirks show up. The good Kirk, uh, who is um, uh, ethical and tries to be helpful and giving, and the evil Kirk, who is selfish, who is aggressive, and who is uh, obviously... Here, the prototypes are the Jacob and the Aesop. So, um, so could, uh, could it be that Yaakov was wrestling with himself? And even another dimension we'll see as that Yaakov was men wrestling with God, with the Almighty as well. So it says, a man struggles with him. When the angel saw that he could not prevail, he injured Jacob on the hip. So the angel then tells Yaakov to let him go because the dawn is coming. Now this is very strange because if you're wrestling with someone and they attack you, usually you, if they want to leave, you'll let them go. In fact, you want to get rid of them. Why is Yaakov holding him? Because he then tells him he wants a blessing. Um, we'll have to go through what that means. What blessing was he asking for? But instead of giving him a blessing, or instead of answering him, the angel says, and this is our central line, your name will no longer be Yaakov, but now you will be known as Yisrael, because you have struggled with God and with man and have prevailed. And so Jacob's name is changed to Yisrael. And upon that moment, We'll see what that means. What is the meaning behind the name? Uh, Jacob then turns around and asks the, the angel, what is your name? Seemingly in response to himself being named. And the angel then answers, doesn't answer that. In good Jewish form, he asks Jacob a question. Why are you asking me my name? And uh, at that point, the angel doesn't answer. He gives Jacob a blessing, and then it's done. So, what is the significance of the angel naming Jacob? Why does Jacob ask for the blessing from him? Um, 
and then ask for the name. And what is the blessing that Jacob ultimately gets from the angel? So the meaning of changing a name. Uh, there are times where people do change their names. Uh, if someone is ill, there's an idea, you change the name, you'll change the mazal. The name is connected to the essence of the person. We saw that last week in our previous in-depth podcast. And so there is a transformation occurring for Jacob. Either the name changing is causing the transformation or it's a reflection of the transformation. So let's look at the name to understand what is that transformation. Now we know Yaakov means from Akev, he was named because he was holding on to his brother's heel, which has the imagery of kind of trying to stay right behind his brother, perhaps trying to overturn him, um, but a struggle with Esau. Yisrael, the angel says, is because you've struggled with God and with man and prevailed. Now, Ish Anashim could be the angel. But it's a spiritual struggle. And he's being renamed for the spiritual struggle that he is engaged in. Now, the name Israel can also mean, come from the word Yashar, which means straight, which would be Yashar Kel, straight before God. Rabbi Hirsch points out that the other biblical name you find for the Jewish people, Jeshurun, is also from Yashar, to be straight. And the third possible meaning of Yisrael could be Sarkel, could be the Prince of God. Now, on the face of it, having his name changed from Yaakov, the heel, to Yisrael, uh, the one who struggles, or the one who is Yashar, who is straight, could be showing us that Jacob has undergone a transformation. Whereas till now, he's always been doing things indirectly, subterfuge, buying blessings, buying birthrights, dressing up as his brother, uh, outmaneuvering his uncle Lavan uh, with breeding the animals, with leaving in the middle of the night. But everything is done with subterfuge. Could it be now that Yaakov will finally stand up strong and proud and confront his nemeses, his opponents. So that's what the name might imply. And he struggled with uh, God and come to actualizing himself. Uh, the Psalms tell us that the quality of Yaakov was truthfulness, paradoxically. And we've talked about how each of the patriarchs was challenged against their nature. So if Jacob's nature is truthfulness, he's been challenged to have to use subterfuge. Will he now actualize his true truth to himself? Um, so the problem is that the next day he does not confront Esau. He flatters him. He calls him, you have the face of God. He gives him numerous gifts. He gives him a blessing. So it seems like he's not standing up to him. So either we say this, either we say that it's a process. And in fact, Later on, God will change his name to Yisrael. So maybe now is just a foreshadowing, a message to Jacob to start to actualize his truthful self, his more assertive self. 
That's one possibility. What is strange also is that whenever other figures have their names changed, Avram to Avraham, uh, Yoshua to Yehoshua, uh, later on in the Torah, the name changes and you never see the old name. In the Torah, Jacob and Yisrael will be each used seemingly interchangeably. Now, some people want to say that Jacob is the name of the Jewish people in exile, when we have to be subservient. Yisrael is the name of the Jewish people when we are strong and self-empowered. And perhaps Jacob just simply wasn't strong and self-empowered yet enough before Esau. So it's a process, it's an evolution, but it's one that Jacob has been working towards since he was born. And one he's going to have to work on again as uh, the drama unfolds between his sons in the future, Parshiot. But right after the story, uh, Dina is raped. We saw last night, we talked about it. And Jacob does not stand up. His sons are the ones who attack the the people who have done this. So how do we understand it? Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, blessed memory, just tragically passed away, has left us an incredible legacy of insights into the Torah. And in his covenant in conversation, he says this. He said, until now, Jacob has been trying to supplant Esau. He's trying to become an Esau. Esau is everything he was not. He was the meek, studious, pious one. Esau was the strong, acting, uh, empowered one. And in a sense, Jacob tries to take on that role. He dresses as his brother. He takes the firstborn role. Um, and uh, ironically, um, Isaac gives him the blessing because he cannot see Jacob's face. Could it be that Isaac never really did get the chance to see Jacob's true face and that Jacob has to himself realize his true face? What is his true face, according to Rabbi Sachs? It is not to be like an Esau. It's not to get the blessing of wealth, prosperity, and power, which is the blessing that Isaac gave him. Uh, God, may God give you the, the, the reins of the heavens and your, your brothers will bow down to you. That is the blessing for Esau. Esau is the one with wealth and power. But Yisrael is the one who struggles with God. Yisrael is the mission of Avraham. It's the blessing of Abraham that Yitzhak saved for Isaac in the end of the Parsha. After, after all of this story with the blessings, Isaac gives the blessing of Abraham to Yaakov. So it is to fulfill the mission of Abraham, of Tzedakah al-Mishpat, to uh, be generous and to be righteous. That is Jacob's true calling. And in a sense, Rabbi Sachs said, that when he gives all the gifts and the blessing to Esau, he's giving him back all of the wealth. He's divesting himself from it because he now realizes that his true mission is the spiritual mission. And that is what the transformation is. And that's why Jacob asked the blessing from the angel. He wants his blessing, not Esau's blessing. And ultimately, uh, when he realizes that, that's when he can be truly empowered. That's when he can be true to his mission. And it's really a powerful message for us, is that so often people look around and they say, this person is like this, has this, 
has accomplished this, is successful at that. And the goal is not to compete in the marketplace of society. The goal is to figure out what are our God-given gifts and talents and how to actualize them with our own individual true path. And that's Yisrael, to struggle with God, to struggle with our spiritual identities, to struggle with spiritual growth, and to struggle with ultimately creating a country, a country of Israel, that will, having wealth and power is not a bad thing, and we don't shirk away from it, but it's not our primary goal. It's not the end game. It's not what we are about. We are about the tzedek umishpat, about uh, helping, other, helping others, whether it's through technology that can help uh, countries that are in water uh, challenged and famished, whether it's coming to hurricane sites and helping others, whether it's developing technology in health, or, and mostly, through modeling what a Torah society is and having the values and the messages for the world of what society can become and what humanity can become. And that's our role as the country of Israel. That's our role as B'nai Yisrael, the children of Israel. And maybe we'd be worthy to invite that. Shabbat Shalom.